Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Auto home light business, motorcycle, boat, RV. They'll do everything they can to make sure you're fully insured and save you money. And the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament is Wednesday at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club to benefit the greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day. The Dodgers end up sweeping the Padres. Here's a 2-1 Bellinger. Drills one to center field and deep. Going back is Myers at the wall, and it's gone! Bellinger with his second home run of the day. He is three for three, and the Dodgers take a three-to-nothing lead. Charlie Steiner with the call on the Dodgers radio network. And the Dodgers, they have now swept the Giants and the Padres and continue to be on a roll no matter who, what the Padres add. They can't close the gap on L.A. All right, so we've taken a look at special teams with Stacy Collins. Last half hour, Manny Diaz on the defense. Now let's go offense with Mike Yersich. Very assessment of the quarterbacks, uh, particularly the, uh, the two freshman quarterbacks. Well, uh, overall, I think uh, it's been tremendous growth. Um, you know, getting to know all these guys, um, it's a tremendous room. It really is. They are, they are a bunch of guys that are film rats. They're constantly in the facility. They do a great job of learning football on their own when they're not in meetings. When they are in meetings, they're obviously very attentive, but they, they ask a lot of questions. Um, I think when you're in that room and you're a quarterback, whether you're a new guy coming in or you're an older guy, I think sometimes there's a reluctance to, to ask some questions, to, to be vulnerable in such a manner. And those guys have, uh, have, have been great in that regard. Um, so I'm very proud of, of them. You know, when you look at where they come from, their backgrounds, their high school coaches, it makes sense. Those guys have been really coached well, and so it makes my job a lot easier at this level um, because it all matters. It all it all adds up. And, and so um, with regard to your second half of your question, the younger quarterbacks, um, they, they've grown leaps and bounds, really, from spring till now. Uh, just very important that they got in early. Um, there are a lot of growing pains early on that are silly mistakes. And now if there's an error, typically you can understand the why behind it. And, you know, maybe it's more sophisticated of a look that fooled them from a defensive identification standpoint or, or a progression standpoint. Um, but, but they've done a, a really good job um, improving without question. Zach? Hey, Mike. Uh, Zach Allen from the Daily Collegian. 
Obviously, Jahan Dotson is not on the team anymore. What have you seen from guys like Parker Washington, who already have a chemistry with Sean Clifford to fill the hole that he left? Yeah, you, you know, Parker, you know, we know what he's got because he had such a good year last year, and we're going to build on that. But he's got, you know, an uncanny ability to get open, uh, whether it be man um, separating with technique and his athleticism or whether it be zones, setting in zones, understanding coverage. So he's a, he's a veteran guy that we're going to lean on heavily this year. And, uh, you know, only through uh, practice four still, but he's shown all the signs that he's, he's uh, picked up for a big year. Over here on the right, uh, Tyler. Hi, Mike. Um, wanted to ask about uh, stick with the continuity at quarterback because um, we've all written about it and talked about it. You and Sean, you're number two, having that relationship. First week of training camp this year versus first week last year, what are you able to accomplish when you have that year under your belts with your starting quarterback? I think it's it's like anything that you're you're trying new. It's It's just more repetition. And so whenever we have a new cycle, um, you're just starting back over again from the base system of the offense, reteaching it. So if you get several um, attempts at that, the more smooth it's going to go. And, you know, he's eager to move on to, to, to more stuff early. And, um, you know, maybe the offense isn't quite ready for all of the install that he's ready for, so it makes it easier. But, uh, you know, just the language, uh, the communication, all of that is just uh, an easy, easier flow and um, more familiarity with with the system and and um, you know he's he's been phenomenal phenomenal in his preparation um, in the off season where a lot of growth happens and then into uh, you know from spring till now it's been great. Now we'll go, Audrey. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Good, Audrey. Right here. Hey. <laughs> um, James had told us that he's not going to guarantee that this is going to be the year for the offensive line, but he said that there are certain things a play caller can do uh, to kind of help the run game along and to stay committed to it. I guess what's your response to that, and also what's your impression been of Nick Singleton so far? Um, my response to that is, is accurate. There's obviously things an offensive coordinator and, and a play caller t can do to play to your personnel's strengths. I mean, and maybe sometimes it's it's what the defense presents and what their strength is. So maybe it's double teaming their best lineman, or maybe it's you know a, a look back or a check with me at the line of scrimmage to go away from the leverage of the defense. I think those are all important things to keep in mind. Um, but uh, what second part of your question was? Oh, Nick. Yeah, Nick's done a great job. Um, you know, he's he's a very gifted runner. And, um, you know, we're sharing a lot of reps right now. So it, it's, um, it's been a lot of fun to watch all the backs. I think we have a really good backfield. And uh, Nick has uh, special talent. Um, but, you know, he's still got to progress in protections and just, you know, the, the fundamentals of tailback play, uh, whether it's inside zone, outside zone, or a gap scheme, just, just instinctively following his rules and, and securing the football. So those are all things that I know Coach Sider will teach extremely well and thoroughly. And, um, you know, we're going to continue to see growth with him. Rich. Mike, there are two things I, I want to ask you about. First of all, where is the offensive line right now? Um, and secondly, uh, the impact of Mitchell Tinsley on the offense. What, what, what do you expect from him? Yep. I like where we're at from an offensive line 
perspective. Um, those guys, we've had two helmets and shoulder pad practices, and those guys have been very physical. Uh, their attitudes have been exceptional, and their efforts been tremendous. So, you know, those are the things that we can control, and we like where we're headed. They're coming off the ball extremely well. Coach Trotwine's done a, a hell of a job getting those guys ready. And so from that standpoint, where we're at right now, we love it. Um, give me your second part of the question. Mitchell Tinsley, gotcha, gotcha. Mitchell is a guy that is, uh, you know, well-seasoned. He transitions very well. He can get out of his cuts extremely well. Um, he is a very skilled guy that understands coverage, uh, route conversions. New install is going to be relatively easy for him to absorb. So he's a he's a very intelligent football player, um, and you know he's he's physical at the same point. So he's a very well-rounded receiver that's a little bit ahead of the curve um, because of where he came from, I believe, and, and the amount of college football that he's played. Ellie. Good. Um, thinking about how many fourth-year starting quarterbacks there are, far fewer who have been in a program for six years, how do you work with Sean on maybe not trying to overdo it because of how experienced he is and, and making sure that you're relying on other guys as well so it's not all on him every single play? That's a, that's a great question. Um, Sean really doesn't, um, you know, I think, I think with his – with his experience, I think he understands that at a level that maybe some fourth-year guys don't. Um, he understands the scrutiny, that's for sure, uh, the pressure that the position holds, and then just making sure that I do a good job with him, um, making sure that at times we have to take a deep breath and we have to wash it and move on to the next play and have that one and no mentality that we have as a program. Um, and that we have as at, at the quarterback position, you know, play in the now and be present minded, I think is a really, really important skill to master. And I think with all the knowledge that he has and all the experience that he has, he's been able to apply that. And, and that's that's a really critical element. Time for a few more. We got John right here. Hey, Mike. Uh, Theo Johnson is obviously a more seasoned player in the program now. Is he someone that you want to get more involved in the offense? And how big of a weapon can he be on the outside as sort of a wide receiver because of his physicality and size? Yeah, it's uh, yes, we do. Um, he is uh, a fast and very long. Um, you know, with Theo, he's continued to get better um, at the point of contact on the line of scrimmage. We know he's very skilled. And he can stretch you vertically as well. So, you know, he's he's a very unique tight end in what he can do and present matchup matchup problems with. So we plan to utilize that very well. But he's progressed um, extremely well, and so has the entire tight end uh, room. So we're very pleased with him and where we're headed. Over here, John. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Here, Mike. Back back here on your left. Uh, speaking with a number of players this summer, they talked about how big of a factor their families are and what motivates them and drives them. Yeah. Once players are on campus, what's the role that their families have in their success as student athletes? And as an OC, how often are you talking with the players' families? That's a great question. I think it's really important. You know, I think everybody in the relationship with their family is is different. Um, I think some guys they they 
maybe talk to mom more, maybe talk to dad more, or maybe it's not mom and dad, maybe it's guardian or, or uncle. Um, but those conversations are, are very, very important to have in those relationships, um, to have somebody um, at home that, that has your back and you know that unconditional love is going to be there is really, really important. And we, you know, are very, you know, as a program, you know, Coach Franklin, his communication, what he demands of you as a, as a staff member to keep in contact with, with the parents of your players is really important to him. So it's really important to us as coaches. And, um, you know, it's an open door policy if they ever want to call. It, it, more than willing to uh, have that communication. In the off season, you're more apt as a position coach to contact them more. During training camp, it's not as easy. Uh, but those players, parents understand that they can always call and uh, talk to us when need be. Two more. We got Elton and then Andrew. Hey, Mike. I wanted to um, check in on Devin Ford entering your fourth program. Kind of, what are your expectations for him in the offense at, at running back this year? Well, being an experienced guy, uh, you know he's he's got to be a leader for us. He's got to be a tough guy. He's got to be able to do all things. Um, you know, we expect him to continue to compete his butt off, secure the football, run tough, uh, be great in protections. The same thing that we ask. Um, all of our tailbacks to do, but with him with experience, he can be a mentor and a leader for us on this unit. Go to the back. Andrew. Hey, Coach Andrew Clay, Nittany Nation. Has there been a moment in camp or even back to the spring where you just stood back and said, man, we are better doing blank? Yes, I think there has been. Um, even going back to the spring, I, pr I, I think it's a little bit early right now in fall camp to stamp certain things, but we think we've made strides in the run game. And um, that's been probably the one thing that, that, as a staff, we feel better about. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, guys. Um, just yep. so everybody that knows. one Mike Yursich, quarterback's coach, offensive coordinator. And they are off to a good start on the offensive side of the ball. Through the opening week, they have an off day today and uh, back at it tomorrow. Back with more in a moment, brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, James Franklin in the final half hour. We'll hear from him. Tomorrow, Neil Kulong, Steelers preseason opener, is going to be on Saturday. And right now, Mitch Trubisky is the number one quarterback with Mason Rudolph, two, and Kenny Pickett, three. That's where they stand right now. And they'll have their first preseason game, and the Eagles have their first preseason game coming up as well. Um, so it's finally that time to get to the preseason games and get some thoughts, and then you start. I mean, I think the practices and the scrimmages they have are more important. I mean, in terms of the evaluation of what they're doing, but I think a lot of times in uh, when it comes to preseason games, uh, you can make some... It's like the blue-white game. 
It's the one time you get to see it. I got it. And sometimes the observations are fine, and sometimes that's not what you saw in practice leading up to it. So... And same thing with preseason games. You're not there at practice. You know, may may not see the scrimmages. And uh, oh, you know, so you have a tendency when you see the preseason game to overreact one way or the other. Okay. What I want to know is, I want to know what the ratings were for the Hall of Fame game. That's what I want to know. Because it was on NBC. It's the first football exposure. Uh, and I always find it, it, it's Jacksonville. And that's... Let's see here. Uh, I got it. Yahoo writes, football ratings are like pizza. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're still pretty good. (laughs) 5.48 million viewers. The audience grew to 5.7 at its highest. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's you're talking about it's first week of August. And and they're out there getting a number like that. And it's a drop from last year. I think it was the Cowboys and Steelers were last year, I believe. It's what... um, I mean, it really is amazing. The... uh, Matchup, which aired on NBC, blew all other primetime fare out of the water. In the overall rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. That's the power of football, and you wonder why they're going to be bidding, and the bidding is so high for the Big Ten. It's football. And college football is incredibly popular. So we're going to be at the uh, Susquehanna Valley Country Club on Wednesday. Then don't forget on Monday, September 19th, we're there for the Neil Mertz Frenzy at Penn's Tavern. So we got a lot coming up. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
In an ever-changing world, one thing you can always count on is the service at Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season. While the world is constantly changing, Purdy Insurance is dedicated to providing you with the highest level of service to protect you, your family, and your business. Give us a call today at 570-286-5855. Go to our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Great people, great pros, best in the business. Auto home life business, motorcycle boat. RV, bundles, they'll do everything again to save you money. And the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament is coming up on Wednesday at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club to benefit the Greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. And Kevin, her, and I will be out there from 3 to 5 after the tournament as we have for 11 years. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. We've heard from the coordinators, Mike Yurcich, Manny Diaz, Stacey Collins, now the head coach, James Franklin. Um, been pleased so far you know, with camp, obviously, over the last probably three years, there's been a bunch of rule changes that have affected how we do camp. Um, no two-a-days anymore, um, you know, days off. bunch of rules that have changed really kind of the feel of camp. Um, and then obviously at Penn State with the academic uh, calendar that we have, um, you know, our guys typically go to school for most of camp as well. So, um, you know, it's, it's gone well. Uh, Manny's done a really good job coming in and, and getting adjusted. Um, obviously, the time that we spent at the retreat, kind of going through how we do things, how we operate, uh, not only from a daily schedule, but also from a philosophical perspective, I think that's been, uh, I think that's been helpful. Uh, obviously, year two with Coach Yursich has, has been helpful as well. And then continuing to build in, in the area on special teams with, with Stacy. Um, been pleased with all those things. Like I like I said at media days, I think we have more depth, you know, than we've had the last two years, uh, for a number of different reasons. Um, but overall, I'm pleased. Obviously, the positions that you know you guys have written about already that we we have some depth or some question marks. Um, you know, we're working hard, obviously, to build those you know build that depth at those positions as well. So. Uh, overall, really good. You know, you guys will get a chance to see us this afternoon, you know, briefly. And then, um, you know, we're also talking about, you know, uh, some other opportunities. So we'll see how that all plays out. But appreciate everybody coming out to cover Penn State football. Look forward to uh, answering your questions and looking forward to working with you guys all year long. So open up the questions. Raise your hand and we'll get a mic to you. Corey, uh, Dave, no? Okay. Hey, James. Uh, I'm Zach Allen from the Daily Collegian. Who's that? Uh, Parker Washington's entering his third year with the team. What's it been like to see him go from a true freshman uh, to one of the leaders um, in the wide receiver group um, and a potential number one option? 
Yeah, you know, he's, he's done a nice job, obviously, you know, being with Jahan, I think, was helpful for him and his development and seeing the things that Jahan did. Um, and he's obviously made, you know, a number of plays here. Um, you know, really good ball skills, great body control, and, you know, really intelligent guy. Um, so, you know, I know Sean has a lot of confidence in him, and, and so does Coach Yursich and Coach Stubblefield and myself as well. Um, I think he's going to have a big year for us, and obviously we need him to have a big year. You know, obviously I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say at this at this stage, um, you know, that you, when you have a first round draft choice at the wide receiver position, that one person, although I think Jahan could do it, and, and so could some other guys, um, but I do feel like the group has the ability um, to match or exceed the production from the wide receiver unit last year. Now, whether it's a one-for-one trade-off, I'm not sure, but I think um, you know, if you look at the group last year and where Keandre, I think, is going to be this year, and then the production that Mitch Tinsley's had in his career and obviously Parker, we feel really good about that group. And then the other thing I think is important um, is that next that next unit. You know, the, the, again, the depth at that position, um, the depth is not even close compared to to, to last year, uh, there was a significant drop off. If you know, if we got into the second team guys last year, and I don't, I don't think that's the case this year. So that'll be important. And obviously, Parker, Parker will provide a uh, a huge role there from a leadership and from a production standpoint. James, you mentioned question marks. What are your biggest question marks heading into the season, and, and are you close to filling those at this point? Well, <clears throat> you know, if you if you start on on special teams. Um, you know, Stout did such a good job, um, you know, and obviously ended up getting drafted. Uh, that's that's a concern. You know, obviously Pinnaker's been a starter here before. Um, I feel like we have some really good options at kickoff. Um, but punt, you know, on special teams is probably the, the biggest question. You know, Barney and Moore is leading, leading the pack right now. Uh, but Stout did such a good job. The other thing you hope, obviously, is you don't you don't punt as much. That would that would help solve that problem a little bit too. Um, and then when you talk about you know on, on defense, you know I would say it's at at middle linebacker um, and maybe linebacker in general, but specifically middle linebacker. But I do think uh, right now Elsden and Kobe, um, you know, have done a really nice job there. Um, I think that's. A legitimate competition, uh, and I think we feel good about how those guys are operating the defense right now. You know, and, and then the other thing, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this or not, but we we started Wiley there, um, and wasn't really sure because he, in a lot of ways, he was pretty much a defensive end in high school, um, but he is super smart uh, and seems to be handling it really well. So, um, you know. That, that's probably the biggest question mark that I would say we have on defense. Obviously, figuring out who the other safety is going to be. Um, but we feel like we got a number of really good options, you know, that are, that are competing there. Uh, on offense, you know, it's, it's been the offensive line, you know, for a couple of years. So again, I'm not going to 
sit here and, and pound the table about this is the year, um, you know, because that, that hasn't necessarily played out the way the last couple of years. So, um, you know, uh, I'm going to I'm going to take a more measured approach there and, and, and let let them and let us prove that to you um, along the offensive line. And then obviously, you know, based on, again, production, you know, between the O-line and the running backs, the running game in general um, will probably be another question mark. But, you know, we've ha- we, you know, we have different people in that room. We've got some guys returning and, and, and some new faces in that room that's created really good competition and depth. Um, I think the biggest thing is, is potential for big plays in the running game. Um, that's that's going to be really important for us. You know, your numbers are always going to be impacted if you don't have any of those long runs, um, you know, to affect not only field position, but also that, you know, averages. Um, and then I think that's also plays a role in taking some pressure off of the passing game and should create some more big play potential off of play action pass as well. So. Those are the things that probably uh, jump out to me as the most, if that if that makes sense. Dave. Hi, James. Hey, Dave. Um, I've had too much time on my hands during the summer and overanalyzing everything, and uh, it occurred to me, you got you guys are known for self-analyzing and being a big fan of self self-study, reverse engineering problems. And it, it occurred to me that every single, in eight years, every single one of your position groups has not been just at a good level, but at one time or another, a superior level, except for one, which is the offensive line, as you said. Why? Why do you think that is? Is it development, coaching, recruiting? Why? Yeah, I think, I think you got to say all of that, right? Um, you know, I think you get to an elite level or a superior level um, through all of those things. Um, and when it doesn't work out the way you want it to, then all those areas factor in as well. So that's where some of the changes that we've made it, you know, from a staff perspective, um, I think are going to impact that. Uh, philosophically, how we've kind of gone about our business in terms of off-season development, strength and conditioning, um, some of the things that we're doing scheme-wise as well um, that I've been adamant about um, that I think are going to help that position as well. Um, it's all of it. Scheme, it's fundamentals, it's coaching, um, it's recruiting, uh, it's it's all of it. I, I think all of it is impacted, and, and when we're successful, um, it's for the very same reasons. You know, to to your to your point, um, you know, it's hard to say when when you win a Big Ten championship that you you know you didn't play well. So I don't know if I completely agree with your analysis, but 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 I think it's a fair point. Yeah, I, I think again, I think it's a, it's a fair question, right? Um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed right away with Manny is we are emphasizing turnovers like crazy, and because of that, you see it. I just literally just said that in a staff meeting this morning. We're getting our hands on so many more balls, fumbles, turnovers. So I think your point is a good one. I will tell you this year. Um, it's been emphasized. I've felt like that in the past as well, um, but it's been 
it's been emphasized uh, enough that we have the chance to, to take a step in the right direction this year. Um, but I do think there's some things that we've done off the field as well from a staffing perspective um, that I think can impact it. And then I think you have to be willing to call the game in a certain way as well. There's, there's things that you can do uh, to help with the offensive line. There's, there's things that you can do in terms of, again, the running game, you know, being able to wear people down on normal downs, on first and second down, take some of those uh, those shots off your quarterback, but also to wear down the defensive linemen so not as effective on third down, being able to move the pocket so you don't have a consistent launch point, doing things with your cadences, um, all those things. But again, I think it's I think it's a more than fair question. Um, I am confident that it has been emphasized this training camp and off season. Hey James, you uh, you mentioned Manny. Um, I'm wondering how much of a different philosophy uh, are you going to have defensively this year compared to working with Brent for all those years? I know you wouldn't want to get into specific things, nope. but is it a dramatic change or is it more subtle? No, I think it's more subtle. And again, that that's why we went in that direction, right? You know, um, at the end of the day, we were going to try to go out and hire the best defensive coordinator we possibly could, but. Being able to find someone that comes from a similar background, similar philosophy, um, I think was is helpful. You know, you just you just don't want to start all over again, um, especially when you think about it. Um, you know, the majority of the players are back, and the majority of the staff were back. So, um, who's going to take on that learning? Is it is it all the players, or it is the coordinator? So, I think we've done a, a pretty good blend there. But at the end of the day, you also have hired Manny for a reason, and you want him to be comfortable in what he's doing and what he's calling and, and how he operates. Um, but I think we're in a I think we're in a good place. I've been I've been pleased with how we've played defensively. Um, I love what. You know, Manny's doing in terms of what I just talked about in terms of how he's emphasizing, you know, getting your hands on, on balls in terms of calls and fumbles, um, interceptions, true interceptions or tip tip balls that turn into interceptions, getting guys to run to the ball. So, you know, I've been I've been I've been very pleased and I think our guys are confident. And there's some subtle changes um, that I think fit who we are. Corey. Hi, James. With regards to Mike Yurcich, you mentioned a couple minutes ago you have to be willing to call the game a certain way. What do you think Mike learned last year in terms of his development, calling games in the Big Ten, what will work, what won't work, those kinds of things? Well, I, I think you know one of the biggest things is him knowing our personnel and what those guys do well um, and where we need to help them. You know, and and again, that's in the running game. That's specifically with Sean. You know, I think him, Sean, and Mike uh, know each other better, and I think that's useful. Obviously, like we've talked about, you know, having the, the same offensive coordinator in the same offensive system for multiple years. Um, I think there's there's a ton of value in that. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the other thing is, is just the familiarity with the league, with the defensive coordinators, uh, with the venues, all, all those things I think are, are helpful. So, you know, obviously Mike's got a long track record of success. And, um, you know, again, I think we have the ability to do some pretty good things on offense this year with a returning starting quarterback, the personnel, and the coordinator. Rich. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, Rich. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You got... 
received substantial production from the transfer portal last year. What do you expect from Mitchell, Chop, and Hunter from the D1 transfers that you have, How and how have they acclimated themselves here? Yeah, I think, you know, Mitch... You know, it just had has already had so much production um, in college, and he's he's super mature, um, and he also understands some of the some of the things that maybe the young guys don't understand. You know, he's roommates with Sean. Smart move. You know, um, they've they've been able to really build a rapport together on and off the field, which which I think is really helpful. Um, so I think I think he's got a chance to have a a really really productive year. Um, kind of all the things we talked about is kind of how he is as a player. He's dependable. Um, he's got really good ball skills and toughness and maturity. So I think he's one of those guys that you're going to know what you're getting pretty much week in and week out from him. Um, you know, you, you, if you talk about Hunter, you know, obviously. The closer you get to the ball, just like you know, if you're a if you're a freshman coming in, um, you know the 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 transfer situation, especially when you're transferring from whether it's Ivy League or one double A up or whatever it may be, it's a big difference. Um, you know, uh, blocking PJ Mustafer and Hakeem Beeman is very different than what he's had to consistently block. Uh, in Ivy League, so that transition has gone um, well. But I, I will say, you know, you look at his testing numbers; he's he's tested extremely well. He is fast, like really fast, um, explosive, and strong, and obviously um, intelligent. So we have better depth up front than we've had in the last couple of years. Um, you know, so whether it's game one or game four, you know, we'll we'll see. But he's going to have a significant role. Um, but it but it's too early to to say right now. Um, you know, who and and how it's gonna how it's gonna play out. And then the other one is Chop. Um, you know, at defensive end, that was something that was going to be important to us. Obviously, with the guys that we lost. You know, AK, and then you know, obviously the what we did with Jesse last year. You know, we needed we needed to make sure that we got somebody that could come in as well as developing the guys who are on our roster that could take the next step. Getting Adisa back helps too. Um, he was a significant loss for us last year, um, but we've been pleased with him. You know, um, I think the way we practice. Um, you know, the the type of physicality that we have at practice every single day also the way we're using him he was really a 3-4 outside linebacker and there's a lot of similarities between a 3-4 outside linebacker um, uh, you know and a 4-3 defensive end depending on how you how you operate your scheme and how you're using that outside linebacker um, but it, but it is it is a little bit different for him um, you know having his hand in the ground pretty much every single play and having to go against some offensive tackles pretty much every single play that's James Franklin. Uh, if, just in case you're wondering how Chop got his nickname Chop, he was a 14-pound baby. His dad referred to him as Pork Chop. Well, as time went, as he got older, he didn't think it would be cool to be called Pork Chop, so he shortened it to Chop. That's how he's Chop Robinson. Wrapping up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. 
All right, uh, final few minutes of the show today. Neil Kulong in the NFL tomorrow. Kevin and I will be at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club at the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament on Wednesday. And uh, coming up on Thursday, Brendan Quinn from The Athletic and Mark Wogenrich from SI.com will join us. So a lot going on. And... uh, Thought you'd enjoy the Chop Robinson story. Pork Chop, 14-pound baby. Oof. Wow. As an MVP performance by mom. Unbelievable. All right. Wraps it up for today. Neil Kulong tomorrow. Today's show has been brought to you by our good friends. At Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we'll see you at the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament Wednesday at the Susquehanna Valley Country Club to benefit the greater Susquehanna Valley YMCA. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, almost warping online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.